Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're suffering, please call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. And this is an episode I'm calling Pump It Up. And it's for if you are feeling drained or put upon or jaded. And that can happen from just getting run down by your schedule, your routine. Maybe just you feel less shiny, you know. So I think there's a lot that gets lost when we get in that state of being jaded. The things that immediately fall away are what are I would call the most fun and frivolous things but also the things that are the most lofty and beyond necessity. And those things include refinery, art, culture, uh, things we savor, any elevated experiences like the things that are off the beaten path. So I wanted to collectively regenerate a bit of that energy and perspective and that perspective of when we are feeling optimal, excited, at the top of our game. And coincidentally, also when we are the most rational, that state of mind is when we have access to all our wisest thinking. So that energy shift is the difference between being able to see all possibility and go for it and otherwise following kind of the lowest common denominator of your life. So let me just paint a picture of what that energy is. It's kind of the difference between clapping along with the camp counselors as they sing songs or rolling your eyes and mocking them. (laughs) And I know I have both of those people in me. So when we have that laughing with you kind of energy, things in our life just seem to flow better. And it's because we are in the energy of yes and versus no thanks. So even with things that don't resonate with us, we can still yes and them and then good things happen. So I'm going to use an example from my life that is recent. Um, I was trying out a Peloton class. <laughs> That's a little humble brag. Yes, I got a Peloton. I was trying a, hum- uh, a Peloton class that had a instructor who I was rolling my eyes at because I personally have baggage around manipulation. And so it's a trigger for me. And I think the difference of this energy shift I'm talking about is being able to see the positive of what people are trying to do versus seeing the negative of what they are failing at doing. So that coin, this black and white perspective, we can flip between those two and it changes how we see the entire world and also it changes the decisions we choose to make in our world. So this episode is really about getting motivated behind the yes and self and kind of leaning in that direction and energetically embodying that self. So I would say it's like uh, an energy tuning episode. So what happened with this Peloton class, (laughs) I'm like, I'm sure you really care 
um, is I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with it, even though I'm finding this obnoxious. And then by the end of it, I was being so motivated by this person. And I could see like the value of what they are bringing. And that was just like, you got to, that person is a cheerleader. And for me to really receive the good of that took me shifting my energy. It was not about them and what they were doing wrong. So with that, there are three parts of this episode, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. And before we go into the tools, we are going to just hear a brief word from our sponsors. All right, part one, the what. So curating the energy of optimism. And optimism is our truest vision. It's when we are not bogged down by fatigue, including exhaustion. And when we are in that energy of optimism, that is when we are the most also valuable to ourselves and to others because we dictate our worth with how we act and with our embodiment of our own power, our own voice, and our own presence. So if we feel less shiny, we feel a little bit more um, lazy, our energy is low, kind of that, that presence goes down. And with that, our ability to command a room and, and evoke a feeling in others, all of that kind of gets reduced. And as I said before, it's also, it affects our ability to see things. It, it reduces our ability to access our wisest thoughts. So our, with that, our options go down. Like what we see as our options and our possibilities gets reduced. So when you get into this state, often all it takes is a reminder to think in another way. And we have to really kind of reset our, our brain's practiced thoughts. And we can, we can do so by starting to remind ourselves of a time when we felt optimal. And we can say, oh yeah, that's still me. That's still my same self. I have access to that self. I just have to remember how to get back there. Um, part of what inspired this episode, an aside, was the interview with Allison Felix that I posted a week ago, because I personally noticed that my entire average had been brought down by not operating at an optimal level in just one area of my life. And I think this is something that happens for everyone. If you, for example, stop exercising or you start dating someone who's kind of not affecting you in the best way, that one thing in your life will change who you are because it changes the rules for how you command yourself, for how you live your life. It's like if this one thing exists, it resets all the rules with it. It's like not being yourself consistently in all circles. It will hurt the overall output no matter where that thing is happening. So this is a moment I just want to pause and ask you to reflect on that. Is there an area in my life where I'm not being optimal? Or is there any area where I'm settling? Like, and I'm kind of not noticing that I'm settling. So the goal is to be you in all circles, meaning at all times in your life, like consistently you. And yes, we will have different wants or needs at a given time, depending on a situation, but a consistent, powerful way to move through your life is to be good with all of yourselves, you know, meaning good with you on a Monday morning and good with you at 
three in the morning on a Saturday. Like all of those selves need to be good with each other. And, and that is how we become a powerful, holistic person and, and consistent, you know? So I'm not saying that we can't just have fun and fuck off for a weekend or whatever. I'm just saying, talk about that with yourself and be good with all of the things you do. Decide all of those things consciously and act with full knowledge and command of yourself and what you want. So like make sure your Monday morning self agrees with all of those things. And same with in all circles of your life, like shine light on all of it. Make sure it, you're on the level with you and that you're good with all of the choices you're making in all circles of your life, including, you know, the things you don't want to think about. Make sure you're thinking about those things because those are, are also dragging that average down. So I think that's why therapy is so important is because we get to process all the things that are hiding in our, you know, in the back of our head that we don't want to think about. And then we're good. We are good with us. We are all on the level. So all of that is my what? I kind of went on a tangent. But I, I will say, I think as a modern person who ingests a lot of self-help content and self-help practices, I will say a lot of this stuff goes in waves or cycles. And for me, at least, it's kind of... Um, it's, it's really important to make sure I'm maintaining that balance because it can be really easy to go into like uber type A mode where you're overdoing it and you're like kind of running yourself into the ground. That's kind of the opposite side of complacency. And then sometimes we overcorrect that and we can get into a different kind of slump where we're underactive or where we're not directing our energy we're not aimed at anything we're only looking at the least amount of stress possible and I would say that's something that probably has happened more so thanks to the pandemic so if you are working remotely especially it's really easy to get into a setting of energy saving of personal brevity where you're not trying too hard you're just trying to reduce stress or you're just being kind of guided by a routine and the routine is deciding everything so when you do get into a day-to-day -day routine, it's very easy to go unconscious in a routine. And sometimes we don't really check in and ask, am I allowing other things outside of me to lift me and change me? So the kind of unpredictable things, the things that we don't know about, we have to be able to access those things as well. So I want to ask you, is there more energy and spirit that you can bring back into your average, into your routine. So just check on the balance of that striving and shininess and the routine. Is there something that could bring the most awesomeness into your life right now? Does this energy need a revival? Which brings me to part two, the why. Uh, I think what hurts kind of that energy and drive and uh, being able to feel that sense of optimism is often focus. Like what we are practicing thinking, we are therefore practicing feeling. And that tends to happen when we get, as I said, blinded by routine. We get kind of conditioned or addicted to routines often. Routines are very, very helpful and healthy for stabilizing, especially if we have a lot of... Um, 
stress or like depression, like volatile emotions, those can be very comforting and make us feel safe, but they can also kind of put us on an autopilot. And I, I think that's one thing that can happen if we are remote, especially as we just get into a routine and we stop thinking outside of it. So this is an invitation to rem- remember an older self. I will also bring up if you are feeling kind of lazy or reclusive or depressed or like you don't want to be social, you're afraid to be social, there's that anxiety that sets in. It could also be tied to our reservoir for action or for being able to kind of control the way we act and that is blood glucose so just a quick refresher on blood glucose it's a good keep in mind that we have a finite reservoir for energy that it gets very tapped by having to do things that force you to control your emotions so if you have to perform in an environment where you don't want to be in in that environment or if you are having to make many, many decisions throughout the day, it drains that reservoir rapidly. So that is why you do not want to be in a court case on a Friday afternoon because the judge is very harsh compared to early in the week simply because of the drain of that week. So if you are in a situation where you are having to pretend to be happy, that is going to drain your reservoir for motivation. Also, if you're not eating enough calories so if you're especially if you're not eating enough nutritious energy giving foods that too is a major factor in just your ability to motivate and feel um, like you want to choose to go out and do some fun stuff outside of blood glucose and focus one thing that happens I think is just life we life is a is like a collection of systems and like those systems we interact with with them and they will live through us. They will activate us to do certain things. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, school, I'm talking about a job, I'm talking about a neighborhood, I'm talking about whatever roles you operate in. All of those roles have their own set of expectations. They have their own value systems, they have their own goals. So it's really easy to be brought into one of those systems and be drained physically and mentally by them because they're we take on all of the needs of that system we take on their missions and in many ways we we become cogs in their machines and that is because each system has its own culture you know and so it's really easy to go to unconsciously get sucked in to the needs of whatever our environments are so whether that's your neighborhood, it's a group of parents at school, it's your job, it's a social group, it's a church, your school, whatever it is, there are terms that we assume based on that circle as we are being good or bad or successful at that that role. And so we will kind of receive these pressures consciously or unconsciously, and then we will kind of be working on those that goals set within each system. And the reason I'm bringing that up is sometimes those things happen to us so unconsciously and we don't even realize that so much of our energy is being drained by one of those environments. And oftentimes that thing, whatever it is, that role will not authentically align with what we care about in our lives. It's like we become kind of 
victims of it and we just don't even stop to question like wait do I even really care about this is this something I want to spend half of my week doing so I think that can just be a huge drain on our life force and I would say this might especially happen to you if you consider yourself a codependent person or a person who is a perfectionist because suddenly you know you're performing in all these arenas and like performing to the max and and for what is it actually manifesting your happiness in in actual terms no it's just actually making you abate that feeling of anxiety and uh, it's like running from this feeling of failure. And so really what we're doing is we're just making, we're, we're achieving feeling okay about ourselves. But it's a false pursuit because it is a self-perpetuating, uh, like it's self-created anxiety because it's, it's, it creates the belief system and it creates validity in the first place, you know? So it's like a loop. And, and as in all loops... It has no real end. It's just like we're constantly chasing, like trying really hard in this one environment. So you may be running out of shine or feeling empty because you are overbooked with other people's priorities. And when we overbook ourselves, we feel like we're failures in all of those areas because we're not able to give all of them the time they require. So I wanted to call this out, especially when it comes to just I think it's a very Western belief system, but I think it's built into um, career. This like it's kind of inherent in our ideals around being successful in our careers. Like we will be kind of taken in by a system that says like work harder, be be there the latest, be on it more on it than everyone else is. And so there's this kind of inherent cultural belief system that it's never enough that we need you to work harder, that we need you to sacrifice. And so this, I think the energy of many workplaces, just any businesses, is always take, 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 take. And when it comes to employers, you need to be the one to set healthy boundaries. You need to be the one that draws a line and says, this is too much to ask of me. This is my time that I need for myself. And in order to do that, you have to really have confidence enough in yourself to do so. And we also just need to be conscious of that happening in the first place. Like we need to be even aware that we need to make that decision. So I would think the first step is awareness, you know, stepping back and noticing maybe if some of the boundaries you, you have are not being respected as far as time or as far as work-life balance and general lifestyle. And then consciously pulling back from that and, and setting some boundaries. And um, I talk a lot about this in my, I have an episode that's my recipe for happiness. And I refer to, this is how I think of building a happy life. It's, it's like a recipe. I'm going to recap this in the tools section. But the gist of it is where your focus goes, your life goes. And so when you are not able to be deliberate about your life's ratios, specifically your time, and when it is sucked away from you in the form of busyness or other people's priorities, that is when you will wake up one day and years of your life have gone by. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't even know if I liked it. I don't even know if I cared about what happened. Like, did I... Did I consciously choose all the things I wanted in those years? I don't think I did. So we really have to consciously 
step back and make thoughtful decisions about what where we spend our time and where we spend our energy because time and energy are the most valuable commodities or assets we have another thing i wanted to bring up about why you might feel less shiny or less full of optimism is if you feel outside of social groups or perhaps you feel alienated by social groups and and i mean also you know I think culture in general, if we feel like outsiders, I think that can make us feel lonely. Like if you, if you don't see people around you or see people in mass media that resonate with you, it can make you feel like, well, I guess I'm weird. I guess no one out there is like me. I think that's something that kind of happens if you are a, a person who has trauma where maybe you were taken advantage of by others or maybe there was a time in your life where there were others who were meant to help you and they failed you. So if if that sounds true for you, I think you, like me, might have a very high sensitivity to manipulation. Like you might have trust issues. And the root of that is not just having a past where people have failed you or, or your trust has been betrayed. There's also a feeling of insecurity that creates that divide. And when we feel insecure, like when we feel some part of us is not lovable, we filter everything everything through that perception of lack. And I think that that just natural setting of feeling less than or like we have been, it's almost like we assume we are rejected. And that makes everything, our, our eyes naturally critical. And so belonging just this idea, the feeling of belonging is often just a perspective. It's flexible. And we can change it in just the way we look. We can change it real time from feeling on the outside of something to feeling on the inside of something with a simple shift of energy. So I'm talking my pop punk Peloton class kind of shift in energy. But we can do it in our everyday life. I also wanted to talk specifically to anyone that feels like they're a reject, like you're not uh, the popular person, you're rejected by popular people, you don't have cool friends, or you can't get into XYZ circle, so you don't feel confident about yourself because of that. So maybe you feel like you're always looking from the outside in at happy people, more successful people, or more beautiful people, whatever it is. For you in particular, just wanted to pass along this insight. So if you do feel on the outside of a lot of circles, I also just want to remind you that a lot of the time people have weak egos. And when people have weak egos or or kind of like more shallow identities, they flock to what is kind of the lowest common denominator or the simplest common denominator. They flock to what glitters. And I think if you just remember that, that like this is not because of anything they're doing wrong. It's just because of kind of a simple, simple way of thinking. It helps you kind of, it helps me kind of forgive a lot of that. They're usually bonding because those other people make them feel good about themselves. I think people are often very ego driven in that they're just looking to collect other things that reflect back positively on them. And, and define them to themselves in some very positive way. So people often look at relationships as badges and they see them as saying something positive, like 
That is why people like to be around other wealthy people or celebrities. It's like this thing reflects on me positively. It brings status to their ego. And so I don't, I would say just in general, don't take it personally. And also make conscious choices about why you want to be accepted into certain circles and or why you would want to have a person in your life and weigh things in your life based on substance. So by that I mean shared interests, shared passions, shared passions, kindness, honesty, um, integrity, uh, all of the things that build very genuine relationships and lasting relationships in your life. And I think, you know, there are a lot of false idols in the world that lead to emptiness and a lack of substance and depth and, you know, shallow bonds. But depth is where the riches are. Connections and meaning are where the evolution and wisdom are. So a lot of different topics in there, but net-net is people are are doing the best they can most of the time and they mean well. And um, we can see the good in what they're offering if we choose to and at the same time also remember a lot of people are just looking to feel better about themselves and don't take it personally if you are not invited into their circle for whatever reason and now i am going to go into part three the how the tools but first a brief word from our sponsors Okay, the first tool is my teaspoon of happy tool. This is my recipe for happiness. I have an episode that is all about this, but I'm just going to summarize it in short form here. So I just want you to check your day-long recipe. I think of happiness as a recipe that we create for ourselves for in our entire life. It is reflected in our entire life, but we can tweak the recipe based on how we approach a single day. So I just want you to look at your day. What it, Let's take today. What does your day-long recipe include? What is it showing you? What cake are you baking with this life? And I think a lot of the time, you know, our happiness, we feel trapped by a job. We feel trapped by a condition. We feel trapped by um, just we have no free time, whatever it is. But we can tweak just very small things in that day. And with that, our whole cake changes, the whole, our whole life changes. And so you can think about this in terms of tweaking an hour in the morning. You can think of it as tweaking how you approach the in-between times, like in your commute, in your in-between lunch and going back to a meeting, all of those moments add up. So if we make very small changes to how we approach those things, we can exponentially alter our ratio of happiness in our entire life. So in those passing moments throughout the day, think of how we can alter those. How can we alter our approach to all of the passing moments we have? And I think when we can look at them as individual moments, we can see how much wiggle room there is. So if you add a practice, for example, like journaling, that exponentially alters the entire outcome of your life because you are changing, you're conditioning your mind, your perspective. You're teaching your mind what to look for throughout those days. So that would be a game changer habit to add. 
and I'm talking doing doing gratitudes in a journal I know it's cheesy and I know a lot of people hate it but like it really does work all right next tool is called know what you want so I think it's really important and and often something we forget to do on a regular basis it's really important to specifically know what you want in your life. So I want to ask, when was the last time you made that list? When was the last time you thought about it? Um, and I think it's like when I meet young people and they tell me exactly what they want to do and what they plan to do, I believe them and I help make a path for that because I can see that that is something they will get to. It's like you can when you see clear vision in somebody – it is almost always true that they are going to get that thing. So I want you to have that clarity of vision as well. And I would say um, if you if you haven't made a vision before vision board before, I invite you to do it. I know it's so cliche that it's like it almost feels ridiculous to do it, but it is a very easy way to concretely allow yourself to visualize things that you want in your life. Um, whatever it is though, whatever format fits you best, the thing I want you to do is just make sure you're setting current goals. I have to continue to remind myself to make vision boards because all of mine come true every single year. And then I'm like, oh, I'm already done with that. And so I, I realized like, oh wait, I have to have new goals now because I have done all of these ones already. So setting that on your to-do list, know what you want and don't forget to aim high. All right, the next tool, feel your aliveness. And I, this is a, a weird one, but if you haven't done so lately, I want you to feel your own power and or weightlessness. And I think that's really important just to have range in our human experience, especially if you're kind of like driven by a routine. So what I mean by that is like go somewhere and run as fast as you can. Or jump on a uh, trampoline or just float in the water. And if there's any place you can do any of those things, these are these, we used to have those feelings all the time as children. You know, we would be doing somersaults, we'd be running, like this sense of embodiment and, and feeling kind of just housed in your physical body, it's so grounding. And it's, it's something that like we should, definitely curate more of in our everyday lives because otherwise we just we dehumanize ourselves just through all of these routines we have to be and we're constantly on a phone we're constantly on a zoom or whatever it is so it's just be in in physical form only at some point in your day today all right the next tool look at where you are a cog <laughs> it's kind of a downer title but I really just want you to be conscious of the systems that are possibly working you, that you can renegotiate your relationship to or possibly rejigger and pull back from. So this is just to see where you are possibly overworking or creating work for yourself. And perhaps, you know, that work you're doing is performative. Like it's coming from a place of insecurity and less than. And maybe you can reduce it. I bring this up because I think so much of our schedule is stuff that we create out of an anxiety and a need to feel secure. 
And like we create a lot of this busy work for ourselves. And I think a lot of people book meetings for this reason to feel like I'm doing a job. I have a title. I have a, I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. I'm worthy. So imagine that your schedule is empty just for a brief moment and that you have nothing to do. Does that give you anxiety or does that give you relief? And I ask that because if I have emptiness on my schedule, I get anxious and I start to self-create work. Like I start to book things into my schedule and that's an unconscious habit. It's an unconscious um, response to controlling the anxiety. So I have to really notice it and push myself to be okay with just nothing, with quote, wasted time. And it's it's a skill I've gotten a lot better at, but I think that's something that we might all be conditioned to do. So it's really important to like look at, is there more space I can give back to myself that I can de- de- now designate as time for growing myself in this other loftier area? Um, all right. And then the next tool, abide the four agreements. I wanted to give a quick refresher on the four agreements just because I think they're so brilliant. I'm going to put a link to the show notes if anybody in the universe has not heard of this book, but I think they are very key in being active in your life and where it's going instead of being partially dragged down by a less conscious part of yourself. And I think they're also necessary in in being really good with you, like being on the level with you and proud of who you are. So I'm going to recap them and then I'll explain them in my own words. So the first one, be impeccable with your word. And so I think what that means is just say what you mean, do what you say, and use your words for good, not for inspiring fear or hurt in other people or yourself. And that is a hard one, I think. But when you get good at this one, you feel really bulletproof. You start to build a very strong bond with yourself. You, you build a very strong sense of confidence just with that one. Because you're like, nope, I trust me. I know I'm good in what I say. I know my track record. All right, the next tool. Don't take anything personally. I think this one's a brilliant one. I mean, I recommend it to everybody in other terms. But just remember, everyone is living their own bubble that is their perception. The stories they tell are unique to them. The story of the world is unique to them. And you cannot know what those stories are. So no matter what it is, do not take it personally. No matter what someone says, do not take it personally. They live in their own universe. That is their worldview. Number three, don't make assumptions. It's kind of connected to the last one, but just remember, you are probably wrong. So if you think someone did something for XYZ reason... Just break out of that expectation. You are probably wrong because what motivates everyone is their own inner world and often their ego. And so whatever they do, it's not about you, it's about them. And the last one is always do your best. And that is just... I think how you stay good with yourself. Even if that day you felt like shit or you barely could muster by your standards something that is decent, as long as you gave it your all, 
you can be proud of yourself and let it go immediately, no matter what, ha- what the outcome is. So those are the four agreements. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the book. Uh, and I would just call out that like a lot of people do not honor or follow these things as rules for their life. But I would also say a lot of people are living their lives completely unconsciously. And because of that, they stay somewhat, you know, I don't know, unevolved, unfulfilled. And so I would say to live in this way allows us to feel the max levels of joy, love, connection, and it allows us to feel authentically proud of who we are. And therefore, I recommend these things to everyone. All right, the next tool, three, two, one, go. So this is just tricking your brain. And I think it's like the key to actions and not getting bogged down in procrastination. So as soon as I know I have something to do, in that millisecond, I throw myself into action. It's like you don't allow your brain to negotiate it or think about it. You just start doing it immediately. And I got into that habit because if I don't get into that habit, I do, I kind of go into this purgatory of debate and negotiation. And that is where fear festers and it, fear just converts directly into procrastination. So that delay time is your enemy. So if you want to um, get more done and stay in that state of action and empowerment, just in your head, count down from three, go three, two, one, and then just jump into action and don't delay. The other version of this tool is don't think, just do. I think that is the way I overcame addictions. It's the way I get most things done. It's just like you immediately start doing the thing. And that means that your brain isn't getting in the way of like, well, maybe I don't want to do like all that stuff is your enemy. All the thinking about doing is your enemy. All right, the next tool, privilege yourself. (laughs) There's a lot of other names for this tool, one of which is foie gras yourself. (laughs) I'm just going to stick with privilege yourself for all of my vegan friends out there. Um, But the gist of this is what are you bringing into your life? Maybe you need some new fuel. So just think of yourself as like very much made up by whatever you are ingesting. So think about like what are the materials you are bringing into your mind, body, and soul. And I wanted to also just talk about what I view as privilege in this world. Privilege is being able to think beyond necessity and survival and take in that, that which is exceptional within its medium. And by that I mean the best of art, the best of culture, the best of expression, self-expression. And I have a great amount of privilege just because I, I went to a school that emphasized art, writing, music, film, self-expression, your own voice. And so what that gave me throughout my upbringing was a, a sense of my own voice's importance. And it taught me to think in this way. It always taught me to think, what do I have to say? What is my story to tell? What is weird and special about me? And I think everyone needs to be taught that. So if you are constantly invited to write a story that is original and express yourself, you really start to place importance on your insights, the voice that is your own, that is unique and expressive. And I will say that 
I also had the experience of a very opposite kind of school where it was very much about um, just being a part of the system. What can you do for the system? The culture was also the opposite. The culture was very about con- very much about conformity, being the same, blending in, being one of uh, the club, so to speak. And I feel like I got both experiences and it, and when you are taught, don't stick out too much. Like, what are you, weird? That, you internalize that energy as well. So I guess this main tool is just ask yourself, what, what story can I express? And think of whatever is weird and special about you is of the greatest value. It is the real merit we have to offer the world, not our ability to look like everyone else. And I would say that's why social media tends to have this flattening, averaging effect. It makes kind of everything look kind of standard, you know? It makes all these consistent things, like for what a nice house is, for what a beautiful family is, or what success looks like, what a vacation looks like, what a family photo looks like. So that is kind of a mind melt. (laughs) And I know that depends on like who you follow, but I do think it's reductive to humanity. It's the system of uh, an app itself is kind of converting all of these details about humans and converting them into norms in and commerce in many ways so got on a tangent but this tool is really two-part one is think about what you can ingest and plug into yourself that will give you and your soul the richest flavor and the richest output and the and the richest vision you know so like is that museums is that kind of off the beaten path excursions is that Um, food that is something you have never tried before think about range and um, you know you're adding all these flavors to your body and and you're looking for divinity in those things and I also second part of this tool is I want to encourage you to think of your your own unique brand your original brand what is your original voice and how can that voice be channeled outwards today with one simple act, something that is authentic to you and what you have to bring into this world. Okay, next tool. Uh, This is, (laughs) some of you might be like, no thanks, I don't need assignments. But this is a creative assignment I want to invite everyone to do. I'm going to do it too and I'm excited about it. So this is a, based on a a letter that Kurt Vonnegut wrote to an elementary school class. But his his response, all these kids wrote letters to famous people and he wrote back and his his invitation to the class was to write a rhyming poem and about anything, just for yourself. And in his letter he wrote, and after you write it, tear it up into tiny pieces and throw those tiny pieces into trash cans all over the place. <laughs> and the meaning was this is how you curate creativity in yourself. It's not by conforming to other people's ideals. It's by doing some creative act and allowing that energy to exist in your life and making sure that's important. So I want to invite you to do the same. I don't think you have to throw it away in a bunch of different trash cans. If you want to do that part, totally up to you. But I think it's a really fun assignment just to be able to think creatively and flex your creative muscles. Just write a rhyming poem about anything. And remember to do this as often as possible. Just do anything that is creative and frivolous 
for yourself as a practice. I like to draw things that are just completely, I, I draw rhyming poems for no reason whatsoever. And often the rhymes are there, you know, barely rhyming, but it's, it's just fun. It's just for no reason except for to remember that part of myself. So that is the next tool. Now, uh, this next tool, show me where your action is. So where is your action? That is who you are. This is the truth about you. It's also the truth about a person in your life, a relationship in your life, and any job in your life. Whatever it is, what their actions demonstrate is the truth of who they are. And I just want to call that out because I think that's like we're, we're always making decisions about who we choose to be with the actions we take and often we don't even notice that. And so just look at yourself right now. Scan yourself. Scan your environment. How do these actions represent your beliefs about yourself? And if they're not representing your beliefs about yourself, let's tweak the actions. Like what, what needs to happen? Do you need to clean up your space? Do you need to get a new t-shirt <laughs> or do you need to cut a, a relationship out of your life? I mean, all of those things are so important and yet we often pay attention more to the promises or the words or the future things, plans that we have, you know, all that stuff. It's like it really, the meat of it is in actions, concrete actions. All right, next tool optimal memory cloud so this tool is really just visiting your cloud the cloud that lives in your brain and just looking scanning for a time and you can also do this in your phone I actually accidentally did this in my phone but you're scanning for a time in your life when you are optimal when you are operating at a level where you are the most optimistic the most full of energy the most joyful the most hopeful and when was this happening consistently? What was your routine back then? Just revisit that person. What were they doing every day? What were they wearing every day? How were they doing their hair every day? All of the details. And just whatever it is, check it out and bring back any number of things that could be reignited currently. For me, it's always like kind of these weird like signals that you send to yourself about where you are and what you care about and including like what that symbolizes to you, if that makes sense. So for me, it was like, I remember I was doing my nails a very specific color every day and I had my journal I was doing in a very specific way and all that those symbols signal to me as a person on my path it reminds me of a time when I had a consistent perspective of hope and a consistent focus beyond what was in my everyday life. I, I had a complete constant focus on possibility. And when you are able to stay in that focus on possibility, your life grows in leaps and bounds and your energy is always tuned to anything is possible. And so that is how you, I personally stayed optimal and like boundless. So I kind of want you to ask yourself the same things. It's like, what are these things that I could bring back and signal to myself to remind me to embody this energy? All right, next tool. Kind of already talked about this. Keep your head in the clouds. 
I think oftentimes we are when we get when we are grown up and we have like lots of responsibilities we are kind of like rats in a maze in that we are really only seeing what is we're constantly in a routine of doing and going through the motions and reacting to like what needs to be done and we forget that there is so much more potential and possibility where we forget to tune our eyes upwards outside of the maze and one of my favorite stories from um what was it it was uh, i can't remember his podcast david e wood who is a network marketer i've talked about him a couple times but he's just a genuine adorable adorable person but he tells this story about when he was a window washer and he was he had like a thousand different jobs not very fun jobs and this one in particular he was washing a guy a guy's windows a very wealthy person's windows and he saw inside this man was a world traveler and he had all these crazy exotic amazing artifacts from all over the world and this was a a moment when David E. Wood was like, oh, I can see beyond my routine and I can see greater than and possibility. And it opened up the sphere for him for what was possible. And he he's now like a multimillionaire guy living on an island in Canada and so happy and adorable. But I think in that moment, it was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that there were more worlds. So this is just a reminder, like keep your eyes tuned to possibility because literally you could do anything. You could do anything. And the only thing that makes that so is a belief and an understanding that that is true. So don't forget to keep reminding yourself that that is true because that is how you get to that thing is you look at the thing you want and you automatically are heading toward it. So just how can you curate this lofty perspective today right now so those are my tools and i wanted to before i close i want to thank my latest sponsors autumn a new patreon sponsor so lovely to chat with you briefly and thank you so much for sponsoring my work and jamie a new patreon sponsor thank you so very much really appreciate you guys anyone has the means uh donations really help out this show if you don't have the means i completely understand I have a lot of students out there, so anyone you could share this with, it's it always helps me. Or if you want to leave a review on iTunes, those melt my heart and help me immensely as well. So in closing, the opportunities and kind of like the sliding doors moments that arise, that's a reference to a 90s movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. It, all these moments that arise when you could have completely different decisions that kind of catalyze many other different decisions when you are in the energy of hope to hope and optimism they are opposite than when you are in that contracted less than energy and not only are we sending signals to those around us to choose different you know different conversations different interactions different moments we are also seeing drastically different views of the world that catalyze opposite outcomes And it happens very rapidly. So it's almost like, you know, it may as well be a different world. So it it affects other people and how they respond to us as well. So it's like a person, this is like a very kind of hyperbolic way to say it, but somebody might be like, oh, she's in a great mood. Yay, I want to be around this person. Or, oh, I don't know, that person seems like in a bad mood. All the rest of our conversations today are going to be bad. Like we kind of unconsciously make these types of decisions 
based on what we read in other people. So that is happening on a grand scale in so many very minute ways. So all of that to say, I wanted to end on an on a tool. And this tool is called Energy Tune. So there, there is so much... Um, like our filter is dictated so much by how we feel. And so it's just, this is a reminder to think and embody that limitless possibility and uh, that, that perspective of possibility that is inherent in every day if we choose to see it that way. So remember, you do not know what's possible. You do not know what you're capable of. All you can see is what's in front of you today right now. So don't forget to have hope. And don't forget the 180 power that always exists in your life. You can start off one day with a, a, a specific expectation of how that day will be. And you can end with a totally opposite experience and a completely different belief. So never forget that that is possible. And never forget the ability you have to change your worldview in just like in any moment in your day. And somebody else, you know, you can change somebody else's day completely and somebody else can change your day completely. We all need these kind of oxytocin spikes once in a while. So if you haven't had one in a bit, just know that they exist, remember that they exist, and let's end by giving us our, all of ourselves an energy shower, you know, washing, cleaning out the energy and remembering to embody that sense of optimism. Okay, so this is the tool. I want you to close your eyes if you are able to do so safely and just revisit a moment in your life of pure joy. Like when everyone you loved was around you, like a pinnacle moment in your life, a moment of just celebration, of fulfillment, of love, whatever it is. I'm just going to give you a moment to go there. And just live there. Like look around, see who's with you, see what's happening, hear whatever sounds there are. Maybe there's music playing, whatever it is. And just savor it and spend a moment or two here. And as we stay here together, I just want you to now set an intention. Whatever it is, big or small, Something great you are going to do. Anything. And that is the show for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this helps. And I send you my love. Don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.